Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Bent Paper Matches, the Green Hornet strikes again. Before we begin our Green Hornet adventure, here's a message from the Office of War Information. This is our war. We're all in on it. Anything short of that would be unthinkable. Anything less than that would be intolerable. There's hardly a single family without a representative, a relative, a close friend, or a former neighbor somewhere in the ranks. These men, yes, and women too, are making many sacrifices. Many of them face great hardships, not tomorrow, but today. The only way we can assure victory and halt the horrible wastage and cruelty of war is to give our fighting forces an overwhelming superiority in numbers and equipment and supplies. We can help to do that with our money. We must back up our fighting forces with every last cent we can scrape together to buy war bonds. Buy now and again. And now for our story. Lenore Case, secretary to Britt Reed, was walking toward the office of the Daily Sentinel with a girlfriend with whom she'd gone to lunch. Reaching the corner office of the Daily Sentinel building, the two girls stopped for a few parting words. I enjoyed having lunch with you, Helen. Call me again soon, will you? I sure will, Lenore. We ought to get together more often. You stick too close to the newspaper office anyway. No more than I have to. Oh, don't forget to phone me soon. I have to hurry. I've been out longer than usual today. Goodbye, Lenore. Goodbye. A short time later, in his office at the Daily Sentinel, Britt Reed, the publisher, was talking to Michael Axford, one of his reporters. I wonder what's keeping Miss Case. She doesn't usually take all this time for lunch. Uh, Sure, and you can't tell about these girls, Reed. Maybe she met her boyfriend for lunch and they're mooning away at the time. Oh, not Miss Case, Axford. She never lets her personal affairs interfere with office routine. Hello? Yes, this is Britt Reed speaking. I'm 
Oh, well, well, Miss Case isn't back from lunch yet. If you care to leave a message or call back later, I'd be... You don't understand. I'm going to tell you the note with Miss Fine Automobile. She's in the municipal hospital. You may come in now. Thanks. Come on, Axford. Well, Miss Case, you gave us quite a scare. Oh, I'm all right, really. Just a few little bruises. I wanted to leave here, but the doctor thinks I should stay at least until morning. Of course. Don't think of leaving until you're sure there are no internal injuries. Tell me, Miss Case, what happened? Who ran you down? Well, it was my fault, really. I was in a hurry to get back to the office, and I stepped off the curb without looking. They did their best to stop, and they did manage to swerve enough so that I received only a glancing blow from the fender. Just enough to knock me down. Uh, one of them hit-and-run guys, no doubt. Oh, no, Axford. A man and woman were in the car. They stopped immediately. The man, he was young and attractive. Uh-huh. Well, he was. Anyway, he picked me up and put me in his car and brought me here. I really didn't want to come, but he insisted. That was nice of him. He did the right thing. Yes. He told the doctor I was to have every care. He said he'd drop back tonight to see how I was getting along. Maybe that's why you think you ought to stay here a while. Axford. Uh, any objections, Axford? Oh, me object? Say, if Casey wants to wait here for some lug to come to see her, it's okay with me. <laughs> Since I have your okay, Axford, along with the doctors, I, I guess it's all right. Well, all fooling aside, it's the wisest thing to do. If there's anything you want, just let us know. I'll drive on on the way home and make sure you're getting along all right. Come on, Axford. Right now, rest is probably the best thing for Miss Case, and we have work to do back at the office. Early that evening... The young man Miss Case mentioned was preparing to leave his apartment to visit her at the hospital. Well, I see you are determined to go through with your foolish idea. Why do you not leave well enough alone, Paul? I told you today I intended to use that girl in carrying through our plans. If it had not been so unreasonable, I would have explained more fully. Well, why is it necessary to use anyone such as she? Have we not already arranged this? It's necessary to change our arrangements, Claire. Why? Because Mr. Lucas got in touch with me early today and said we dare not come to the bookshop tomorrow night. Paul, why did you not tell me this sooner? Because I did not want you to worry needlessly. I was hoping some other way would turn up. Using that girl will be the answer. Oh, the authorities are beginning to suspect Herr Lucas. And we... Paul, what about us? What about... I feel sure they do not know yet. What Lucas says has been someone watching the shop. We may have had a tip-off to the counter-espionage system that one of us will go there. The book with the plans in it will arrive tomorrow with his new shipment of books. We must get it. Herr Lucas must get it to us. He dare not leave to contact us. He has no trustworthy means of sending it to us without taking a big chance. But what are you going to do? You'll forget the girl in the hospital. As you heard today, she's the secretary of a newspaper publisher. Her identity would not be questioned if she went to the bookshop for us. Oh, well, that is your plan. Yes. But how will you get her to go there? I'll find her very greater. <laughs> You've already said I have a way with women. What do you think of my plan? Oh, yeah. Perhaps it will work. But make sure, Paul, that you do not carry things too far. All attractive girls are not without brains, as you seem to think. So watch your step with Miss Leonor Case. <laughs> Hello, Miss Case. How are you feeling this evening? Oh, I feel all right now. I'll be at the office tomorrow. The doctor says I can leave in the morning. Well, I don't want you to come in. You take the day off and rest up a little more. You've had quite a shock. As a matter of fact, Mr. Reed, this is sort of like a little vacation. Oh, everybody's so nice to me. 
Did you see my nice flowers? Yeah, I noticed them when I came in. Mr. Smith, the driver of the car that knocked me down, brought them in a little while ago. He's certainly putting himself out to be kind to me. Well, he must be a pretty nice chap. Yes, I, I think so. And I suppose he's tall, dark, and young. <laughs> yes. How did you know? <laughs> the glow on your face. Hey, I'd better watch out or I'll be losing a good secretary. Oh, no. Nothing like that, Mr. Reed. Uh, by the way, he asked me to go to dinner with him tomorrow night. He said he felt it was only fair to do something for me after all that's happened. Do you think it would be all right for me to go? Oh, I don't see why not, if you want to. In uh, fact, uh, something tells me you've already accepted. Well, yes, I, I did accept. <laughs> I'm a good guesser at that. Well, go ahead and have a good time. Say, what's this? What's what? Well, here in the ashtray on the bedside stand, all these burnt paper matches are bent into a V shape. Oh, those? Well, I noticed every time Mr. Smith lit a match for a cigarette, he shook out the flame and then bent the match like that with his fingers. Well, just a habit, I guess. Making little V's for victory. Oh, I see. Yeah, lots of people have funny little habits like that. Yes, like Axford, always swinging his keychain around his finger. Well, I'll get along home. Let me know tomorrow how you feel. I will. I'll call the office in case there's anything you want me to come in for. Uh, you'd better sleep all day so as to be ready for your dinner date with a handsome Mr. Smith. And don't forget, I won't give up a secretary without a battle. Good night. Good night, Mr. Reed. Late the following afternoon, Paul Schmidt entered the hideout apartment where Greta was waiting. She was startled by the expression on his face, and she hastened to question him. What's the matter, Paul? What's wrong? He is here, in the city. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Paul, not Glenn. Yes, Glenn. That rat of an underground counter-spy who has dogged us every step of the way. Oh, you ruin everything. He's not one to play a waiting game like the others. What are you going to do? Our plans for tonight must be carried out. Glenn knows how we work, but he shall not stop us now. How do you know he's here? I saw him. He did not see me. I kept out of sight. I shadowed him most of the afternoon. Then you have thought of some way? Yes, I know where he lives. He parks his car in a back alley. I shall go there and wait until he comes out. It will be dark. Glenn must be eliminated. Then, with the help of that girl in our case, our plans will be carried out tonight exactly as we arranged. Well, Sarge, looks like sitting around the press room here at headquarters is just a waste of time this evening. Things are rather quiet, Axford. Where's Cassidy? Doing a plainclothes job over on West Street with a federal man. They're watching a little bookshop. Say, now, what's it all about? Sounds like there might be some news in those goings-on. Seems like some guy named Grun tipped him off that a couple of foreign agents are dealing through that place. Tall blonde man and a blonde woman. Sure, why don't they move in and grab the book dealer? They got to catch him with the goods, Axford. And they also want to catch the others. They're bigger game than the dealer. Of course, they may get wind of the fact that the shot. Hey, Sarge. There's been a murder in an alley over on the east side. Glory be. That's going to be news. A murder, eh? Who's the guy? Do you know? Well, they don't know who done it. But it's a guy named Grun. of you to take me to dinner, Mr. Smith. It is a pleasure to take you. Would you mind, Miss Case, if I stop the drugstore ahead to phone my sister? There's an important message I forgot to give her. Not at all. I'll wait in the car. By the way, perhaps you'll do me a favor while you're waiting. Of course. What is it? There's a little shop up there in the middle of the block, a bookshop. While I'm phoning, will you go there and ask for Paul Smith's book? 
I'll just pick it up on the way home. I'll go get it for you. Won't take but a few minutes. I'll meet you here in the car, then. All right. I'll no doubt be back before you are. Here's the book for Paul Smith. Be sure that he gets it. Thank you. Mr. Smith will have this in a few minutes. He's waiting for me right up at the corner. Of course. I understand. Good night. Good night. Just a minute there, young woman. What do you want? I... Oh, uh, aren't you Officer Cassidy? That I am. I didn't recognize you at first. I'm Lenore Case, Mr. Reed's secretary at the Daily Sentinel. I've seen you around with Axford once or twice. Oh, it's you, Miss Case. Sure, with that blonde hair and all, I thought for a moment I was catching one of the people who were watching for him. For heaven's sakes, who could you be expecting to come out of that dinky little bookshop? Uh, just between you and me, it's a couple of spies we're looking for. Tall blonde man and a blonde lady. Well, I wish you luck. If you don't mind, I'll run along. There's someone waiting for me. Sure, sure, go right along. Good night to you. I appreciate your getting the book for me, Miss Case. You're welcome, I'm sure. I notice you're staring at me and frowning. Why do you do that? I was just thinking, that woman, your sister, is quite blonde, yet your hair is almost black. Is that so unusual? It wouldn't be if... Go on. If I hadn't noticed that your eyebrows are blonde. It's almost as if you're wearing a... Perhaps you might be thinking I'm wearing a wig. Is that it? Why, I, I... Perhaps I was thinking of that, but... In that case, you... No. No, that can't be it. You a spy. So. And that man stopped you. He put suspicion in your mind. And now you've guessed. Greater is right. You do have brains. All right. I do know who you are. I realize you used me for some terrible purpose, but I'm not going to let you get away with it. Quiet, children, nothing. See, I drive with my left hand. My right hand holds a gun in my pocket at your side. Since you're so smart, you'll have to come with me. You are one more problem, Greater and I must solve quickly. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. At this time, we bring to all the women of America an urgent message from your government. The war has reached a vital stage. You can help to bring it to a victorious and speedy end by getting into it with your hands as well as your hearts. Take a job. Go to the nearest U.S. Employment Bureau. They'll see to it that you are placed where you can do the most good, regardless of age or experience. America at war needs women at work and women in the armed forces. Perhaps you don't need the money you'll earn, but your country does need you. Get into the war effort. You'll be doing your part to most effectively speed the day of victory. Join the Women's Armed Forces or see your U.S. Employment Service today. America and the men at the front are counting on you for victory. And now back to our story. <laughs>
Later that night, Britt Reed was in the living room of his apartment talking to Cato, his faithful Filipino valet and the only person to know his identity as the Green Hornet. Axford told me to save dinner for him tonight. Then he not come, Mr. Briggs. Uh, something must have detained him, Kato. It takes a lot to keep Axford away from a good dinner. Yeah. Well, perhaps that's Axford calling now. Mr. Britt Reed's apartment? This is Axford, Kato. Sorry I couldn't get home for that dinner. Finish me, Mr. Reed. Axford, for you, Mr. Reed. <laughs> Kato, I hear him. Hello, Axford. Say, Reed, I thought you might like to know I phoned in a scoop on a murder to the Sentinel a while ago. Murder, huh? Who's the victim? A guy named Glenn. Ever hear of him? No, I can't say that I have. Uh, by the way, I guess Casey's feeling okay now. Cassidy says he saw her coming out of a bookshop over on West Street earlier tonight. <laughs> What's wrong with that? She has a right to go into a bookshop. Sure. Only Cassidy stopped her thinking she was a spy or something. <laughs> have I got one on Casey this time? <laughs> <laughs> Why should Cassidy think Miss Case was a spy? What are you doing, Axford? Kidding? No, Reed. It's the truth. You see, Cassidy's watching that book giant, hoping to catch a couple of spies, a man and a woman. <laughs> I see. Well, to get back to that murder, have they any idea who did it? No, but whoever did it waited in an alley for that guy Grunt for some time. Well, how do they know that? They found a lot of cigarette stubs on the ground with a lot of bent-up matches. The killer spoke a lot while he waited. Now, hold on a minute, actually. Were those paper matches that had been bent into sort of a V shape? Yeah, like some guy cracked them in the middle with his finger. Why? Well, never mind. It doesn't matter. You keep on that case and get all the details you can on it. Okay, Reed. Come on. Goodbye. Kato, we're taking out the Black Beauty. Get the mask and the gas gun. Something wrong, Mr. Britt? Plenty. If Miss Case isn't in trouble right now, she soon will be. What makes you think that, Mr. Britt? Bent paper matches, Kato. Come on, tonight the Green Hornet has to deal with a killer and a spy. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Kato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. West Street now, Mr. Britt. Bookshop in next block. Yes, you'll have to slow down. Put out the headlights. How do you expect to get the owner of shop if police watching? Well, that's something I have to figure out. He seems to be our only hope of locating the man we're after. Take it easy now, Kato. Look. Two men across street entering bookshop. Yes. It must be Officer Cassidy with someone else. Well, we'll wait till they come out. Stop here. But I have done nothing. Why do you do this? You'll find out down at headquarters. Get going now. Hey, that car creeping along the curb. It looks like... Pull up and don't turn around. You there, get into that car, quick. Yes, of course. Now, don't make a move, coppers. You're covered. Hey, you can't get away with this. I am getting away with it. I'm backing toward that car. Now, don't move or I'll let you have it. I'm duration. That's a green horn to take that guy from under our noses. We'll get you for this, you dirty spy. Step on it. Oh. 
No, you are the notorious Green Hornet. With that mask on, I should have known. So what? But only that I'm surprised Paul Schmidt didn't tell me you were working with us. I guess there's a lot you don't know, mister. Well, at least I know you saved me from the police. Where are you taking me? I could take you to my hideout. But on second thought, you'd better get to Paul Smith so that you can learn what further plans you may have. Yes, uh, that would be better. There's uh, just one thing. I've never been to his place. We've held our meetings elsewhere up to now. You'll have to direct me. Wait. Perhaps this is a trick. Don't be a sap. You think I'm working with the police? No, of course not. You're wanted by them even more than we are. If you stop somewhere, I will phone to Herr Schmidt and tell him you are with me. There isn't time for that. If you don't want my help, I'll take you back and dump you out where the cops can pick you up again. No, 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 no. No, I, I guess it's all right to show you the way. Uh, go out to Boulevard. I will take you to him. What are we to do with this girl? Why did you have to bring her here? There was no other way, Great. She knows about us. All I know is that you're both spies of my country. I'm sure I didn't want to come here. You've been a great help to us, Miss Case. You mean by bringing that book to you? But of course. I'm rather curious to know what there is about that book that's so valuable. Oh, <laughs> you women. Even when you're in danger, you're curious. Why, Paul. Somehow I don't feel that you do me any harm. Of course, I know you're a spy, but... Sometimes a girl can forget even a thing like that if... Well... So, the two of you have been trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Paul Schmidt, the man who kills Grun, then turns around and takes you to dinner. I wonder why he did not get rid of you, you boy. Stop it, you... you really killed someone? And in then our to... business, it is sometimes necessary to eliminate certain ones who get in our way. She is in our way now. Enough of your jealousy, Greta. Uh, about the book, Miss Case. See? I'll show you... You see, this first page is blank. But by chemical treatment, certain plans will be brought out in detail. Not really. Let me see it. Why not? Here. But be careful. Paul, you fool. Don't Stop her. She's tearing up the plans. This will make up for what I've done to help you. Stop it. Stop it. Don't stop the little minx. Give me that. Oh, no, you don't. I will pull your hair out for this. Stop this. Let me at her, Paul. Come on. Get back, Rita. I'll handle this. So, Miss Case, you tricked me with your smooth words. I loathe everything about you and your kind. Uh, Greta, take my handkerchief and tie her hands behind her back. Now you've oh. come to your senses, Paul. No, you don't. Get away from me. Hold on. I will tie it so that she will not get loose. There. Now my scarf. I will use it for a gag in her mouth. Help! You will keep her quiet, Paul. There. Take her into your room and lock her in the closet, Greta. I'll get the pieces from the floor so we can put them together somehow. We will have that plan in spite of her heroics. Go on, into that room over there. So, that girl had me fooled for a minute. These pieces are not too small to put together again. But for this trouble, she shall pay. Greta's right. With women, I am too soft-hearted. I've lost that wildcat safely in the closet until we are ready to leave. Then... There's our signal. It must be Lucas. It must have evaded the police. Let him in. Oh, I hope he was not followed. Quick, let us in. Who, who's that with you? You'll know in a minute. Close the door. Lucas, who's that masked man? Why do you bring him here? Yeah, but, but I thought you knew. He's the Green Hornet. Green Hornet? The most famous American criminal. It seems I'm in the right company. Why are you holding that gun? 
Lucas, what's the meaning of this? Now, he saved me from the police. I thought you sent him. He is here for a purpose. But he's a criminal, so it must be money he's after. Maybe. I have a good mind. Call it, Nazi. Don't put your hand in your pocket. Wait. Paul, perhaps we can use him for a good price to get rid of that girl. Anything you say for a price. But I haven't much time. As usual, Greater, you are the smart one. Here, Hornet. In my wallet is several thousand American dollars. They are yours if you will get rid of a certain person for us. Give it to me. Yeah. Now, the girl must be eliminated. She's in the other room, locked in the closet. Evidently, you've no further use for her, then. No, she has served her purpose. And she tried to destroy something of importance to us, see? You mean those pieces of paper there on the table are important? Very much so. And I'll take them. No, no, you shall not. Oh, he has tricked us. Shoot him, Paul. Oh, I'll take it, Lug. No, no. So, you fooled me into bringing you here. I will help you, Lord. Here goes another rat. No, no. Oh, you're worse than I've heard. But you cannot use that weapon on a woman. Sorry, one Nazi's as bad as another to me. No, no, please help me, Hornet. If you're Here's a little whiff for you, Blondie. I'll let you down easy. The Red Cross will get that door you gave me. That must be Miss Case. She's not harmed anyway. I can't let her out, but the police should be here any minute, and she can give them all the details about these rats. I'll open the bedroom door so the noise will be a little louder, and then put the torn plan back on the table. And the cops. They'll find another way out. That's you, Sarge. Look, dealer, the green hunter snatched from under our noses. Sure. And look here. Two more, a blonde woman and a black-haired man. If that's his real hair, it's on cockeyed, Sarge. Look there. I see. A wig, by golly. Say, these two are the blonde man and woman we were hunting. And they were all working with the hornet. Hey, listen, what's that? Come on, let's see. It's coming from that closet. That it is. Unlock the door. Hey, it's a woman. Help me, Sarge. Lord, is he? It's Casey. Loosen that gag. Wait. The spies. Don't let now. There now, Casey. I won't let them hurt you. Come on out in the other room. Easy now. Don't be dumb, Axford. They're all out like a light. The man pretended to be a friend. He sent me in for a book. A page of plans was on it. I found out what he was, and I tried to tear up the plans. That must have been those torn bits of paper on the table. Say, look here in the ashtray. Bent paper matches like we found near the scene of that murder. Yes. He admitted that he killed somebody named Grun. Well, we got him all with the goods. And, Miss Case, you're a credit to your newspaper. Sure, a scoop. The Lord Case comes face to face with the Green Hornet and his gang. Green Hornet? Sure. He's the one who turned on him and laid him all out cold. We must have scared him away when we came. Green Hornet? Oh. Uh, hey, look at that now. After all she's been through fighting off them spies... Casey ups and faints at the name of the Green Harness. We 
hear a lot about sacrifice for the war effort nowadays. Most of us are sacrificing big things and little things. That's the way to win a war, all pitching in together. But when it comes to buying war bonds, we've got to be mighty careful how we use the word sacrifice. Because what buying war bonds really is, outside of giving Uncle Sam a hand when he needs it most, is saving our money. And who among us doesn't have to save money if he's going to get anywhere? Money for that new fence, or to replace farm machinery, or to improve the house and buildings. Well, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do our share toward financing this war, and at the same time build up the financial reserve every one of us must have for the future. So let's really buy war bonds this time, folks. Remember, the fourth war loan is on right now to back the attack. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.